This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. My Bookie and Skywonder Pyrotechnics. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Hello, world. Welcome in to another edition of Moneyline on a beautiful Sunday morning. Week 7, in studio with my partner in grind. You can find him at Jordan PFX on Twitter, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Another beautiful Sunday. It feels good. It feels good. I'm in the zone. I'm a, I feel like Woody Harrelson and White Man Can't Jump. I'm in the zone. <laughs> in the zone. What's going on, man? You feeling it this week or I, what? I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the man behind the glass is going to keep us entertained, keep us jamming for the next two hours. My DJ's name is Cam. What's up, fellas? You know, I've been wide awake since about 5 o'clock this morning getting ready for that Chargers game. But, you know, I'm happy to be here. I I'm bet. happy to be here. Do you like the early games, Cam? No. No? <laughs> no, especially not after a Saturday. <laughs> I, I hear that. I did the pub crawl yesterday, so I'm feeling you right now. You know our man Cam lives good. He, he He's always coming in here talking about his Latina ladies and, and turning up on the weekends. We live through you on Sunday mornings, bro. We're old school. You are welcome. <laughs> but what's going on, world? Hey, it's another, another edition of the show that you love that brings you all the numbers that you need on a Sunday morning. You can call us anytime, 713-780-ESPN, or you can tweet us at Moneyline975 on Twitter. We'll try to get to all your stardom cinema questions or anything that you're gambling. Gambling heart desires. No doubt about it, and boy, my Twitter's been blowing up with these early games here on Sunday, so th- this has been a, a little different this week, but I like the early games. I, you know, if we weren't doing the show, it'd be awesome. I'd sit on my couch for like 12 hours straight and just watch football. Yeah, it was always the best whenever you're sitting on the couch and it starts so early, it's like, I'm doing nothing today, like nothing at all, and and you, you got a pre-plan the night before. I know you went out last night for the pub crawl, or yesterday, let's say, it might have turned into a night, but yeah. uh, how was it? It was fantastic. You know, hung out with uh, the Blitz's Fred Fowler and all the guys from Thrive and Lawyer Dave, and man, I, I met a ton of listeners, a lot of fans of the show. That was really exciting, really cool guys uh todd really great guy that works here as well got to hang out with him a lot so it was fun man we had a we had a lot of drinks that's for sure but hey the thrive is legit man it's crazy to think that you had a lot of drinks and you're still in here looking sharp and it's i asked him i mean off off air you know not trying to just i said man how how are you doing it i I didn't go yesterday for that exact reason i know if i went over there and i started pounding drinks i would have been hurting today josh comes in here looking like a barbie (laughs) that stuff works man thrive it's legit i i feel great today and man it was fun yesterday you know really cool downtown now there's so many cool little bars and big presence for espn and a lot of listeners it was a great event man and and i was a little worried too because i knew we had the show so you know i didn't go crazy i didn't get home at three in the morning or anything like that but uh i definitely got my money's worth at the pub crawl we'll put it that way how about you cam what's going on fill us in on something how's your uh, fantasy life been going so far this year 
And you know what? Uh, it was a slow start in all in all my leagues. Uh, I lost the first two games, but since then, uh, I've won four in a row in all of them. Uh, made a couple trades, you know, which is something I've always been hesitant about. I've always felt like trades early in the season, uh, it, it shows signs of just, you know, worrying too much. But this year, I pulled the trigger, and, uh, you know, it, it's worked out so far. So no complaints, no complaints. To be honest, um, I, I recall whenever you had said, and I'm going to be honest here, on air, let's be honest. He came to us, and he's like, man, I traded Fournette or something. And he said for – we're like, well, yeah, well, who'd you get? And this is, you know, before Fournette was out, like, uh, for an extended period of time. He's like, man, I got Eckler. You, I just walked off. You know what I mean? I didn't <laughs> I didn't even say nothing to the guy because I didn't I didn't know what to say whenever you're talking about trading Fournette for Eckler. And the joke's on me because now Eckler's on the field and Fournette's not. So Yeah, you job. know, it was a – it turned from a – I traded um, – I traded David Johnson and Demarius Thomas for Mike Evans and Eckler, and then I turned around and traded uh, Mike Evans and uh, somebody else and wound up getting um, Stephon Diggs um, and Melvin Gordon in return. And uh, Melvin Gordon has been a freaking monster ever since. He's not playing today, but uh, but homie's been uh, been killing it for me. So a lot of moves to get where I'm at. No doubt about it. It's He's been fantastic. And I pulled a big trade actually in my keeper league where – you know, you really worry about trading in keeper leagues because, you know, you could keep that guy for five years if you wanted to. And I moved Le'Veon Bell for Kareem Hunt, and I'm loving it right now. You know, it, it's working out pretty good for me because I still have James Conner. So if yeah. Bell still doesn't come back, I still have Conner. Now I plug in Kareem Hunt every week. So I'm loving that right now. Hey, and speaking on those keeper leagues, I, I'm in one uh, for the first. I've been in the league for 14 years, and this is the first time we've done a keeper league. It's one of those leagues where – each year, the player uh, is worth a better round, so yeah. you have to strategize that. But Josh, um, I mean, what is there a draft strategy that's different in a keeper league than in just a regular league? Because for me, this year, that keeper league has probably been the worst league. Now, granted, it's a 14-man league, so the depth really isn't there, but there's got to be some sort of different strategy I think there is and I think you get caught up in looking too far down the road instead of just trying to win the league this year and I I think that's where a lot of people they prioritize younger players over other guys that are more consistent and really at the end of the day you're just trying to win every year so you know looking three or four years down the road that can come and you know bite you in the ass a little bit you need to try and win each and every year and that, that's a big lesson I've learned. I've played in a keeper league for almost 10 years now. And, like, Le'Veon Bell's been on my team for three or four years. And I was like, what am I holding him for? You know, it's like he's going to be 27, and I want to win this year. And the, a lot of the other people that win in my league, they'll trade guys like Zeke Elliott or Julio Jones, and you'll see all these massive deals happening all the time. So, yeah, I've kind of learned my lesson. You know, go ahead and, and go for it for this year because you never know what's going to happen. A guy might get hurt. They may draft somebody at somebody's position the next season. You don't want to look too far down the road. So that would be my advice. And my advice also as far as the keeper leagues and other deviations of fantasy is get out there and try something different than the regular scoring, the standard stuff that you're used to. Many times now that, you know, you're in the industry, you talk to people and you say, yeah, I got a fantasy show. And they they tell you, man, I used to play fantasy years ago, but, you know, I kind of got burned out or whatever the story is. Try something different. I guarantee you, if you try these keeper leagues, you're focused all year long. When when like 
when Ezekiel Elias at the club, you're you're at the club with him, telling him to go home. <laughs> it's time to go home. That is so true. And what's cool about the keeper leagues is it can be completely the it could be March and you're getting trade offers. You know, so it's a thing where where year round you're very active and it's you know it's a cool way to kind of keep connected with maybe some of your friends. So I really enjoy the keeper leagues. That's something I would definitely recommend. Let's talk a little bit about last week, Josh. Who did you who did you find to be fantasy cash? Man, my my dude keeps doing it. Sony Michelle. He has been coming through. Uh, I put him in my column last week because I think a lot of people that weren't in in uh or people that were in PPR leagues maybe didn't want to go for him because he doesn't catch a ton of passes, but he's great in any format. So I am really loving Sony Michelle. And the good with the bad, and I guess we got to put our heads down with this and hold your nose, but the Brock Weiler went off. <laughs> the Brock Weiler went off. Now, his stats are a little skewed because the yards after catch was was huge. I mean, he might as well thank Albert Wilson for that. Yeah, those little short he, screen passes. Yeah, he was taking them to the house. He did it twice. But to think that Brock Weiler was on the Fantasy Million Maker lineup is just insane. I want to. We need to get that guy that started him on this show and say, "What, what was your mind frame that morning?" <laughs> no kidding. Did you have a virus? <laughs> and you know why? We, we should have known. It's Brocktober. Come yeah. on, Jerry. We should have known that. I mean, yeah. but sorry, guys. We we didn't have Brock as the play of the week last week. So we'll see if he comes back down to earth this week. I, I think that's probably going to be the case. I'm also impressed with what I guess Dak has been doing. Somewhat twenty nine and a half points last week and. 11 rushes for 82 yards in the touchdowns would impress me. That's what we've been wanting with that dual threat. That's who he's supposed to be. And for many Dallas fans, they'd rather see him make plays with his feet because he's not maybe the most accurate play, uh, quarterback out there. Maybe his reads aren't as fast as they should be. And if he can get his legs going, watch out because that's two guys out of the backfield. You have him to worry about and Zeke. You can start running that, that RPO and it's on. No doubt about it. And it's not like he has the best receivers in the world. But I did think it was interesting. Cole Beasley went out there and was just burning A.J. Bouye. That was that was impressive. I, I didn't see that coming. So, you know, Dak's going to have to be the guy. It's not like they have a great tight end or an elite receiver. So he's going to have to run around a little bit and, and get the ball to Zeke. And that's going to be their recipe for success. Speaking on Dak and the Cowboys, what do you guys think about these um, Adam Schefter uh, rumors coming about about the Cowboys looking at Amari Cooper? Ooh, I wouldn't be surprised at all that the Raiders are just kind of tired of how inconsistent he is. As a physical specimen, the guy's incredible. He's fast. He's young. I think he's only like 23 or 24, and he's been in the league for years. He came out really early, you know, from an age perspective out of college. So I love him as a player. He's just so up and down. Obviously, that's why the Raiders you know, might be considering moving him. And obviously they don't mind moving blockbuster players like Khalil Mack. They, I don't know. I don't really think they know what they're doing to tell you the truth. I was uh, reading into some of the stuff with Amari Cooper and there's a lot of beat writers and people close to him that say the guy just doesn't love football. He's not a football a guy that just thrives for the game. He's kind of lost it over the transition from the college game to the pros. Maybe it's the lack of success that's affecting him mentally. I don't know what it is, but a lot of people say he's checked out, and at this point, he's just collecting. And, you know, you got Chucky over there, and Chucky's going to pull that trigger quick. Like, let's get him out of here. Chucky will start just getting every, rid of everybody. To He has to get that $100 million contract paid for, and if people aren't producing, it makes him look bad. And I hate to see him go, but, uh, I mean, a change maybe is what he needs. I agree. I mean, 
it's really not working there. And he, he had a lot of drops last year, you know, lost his confidence. He was dinged up. So, if you know, if he went to Dallas, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested. I think he'd be in a better spot. I just I don't think Carr's been very good this year, and he may not be that great a player. You know, everybody thought he was going to be terrific, and he got the big contract, and I don't know. I, I'm not feeling Carr. I think he's kind of fallen off too. Breaking news. News flash. Uh, what's up, guys? What's going on, Andrew? Just got a little injury news for you. Got um, all the guys that we've got for sure right now. And then, of course, in that second hour, I'll be back with the game time decisions. Starting off with the QB position this week, Josh Allen is out. Not that that's really big news because if you're playing Josh Allen, everything's probably gone to crap for you already this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Derek Anderson's going to be starting in his place. He's got a sprained UCL. He's going to probably be out for at least two to three weeks. Ryan Tannehill's out again this week. I know you guys touched on Brocktober rolling back around. <laughs> Don't expect Brock to have that same performance he did last week. So if, you, if, if you're trying to ride the wave, would not recommend that. <laughs> Moving over to the running back position, Dalvin Cook is out yet again this week. Man. That hamstring issue, you know, this is the longest cramp that I think I've ever seen. <laughs> that first week they said, oh, it's just a cramp. I'll be good. I'll be coming back this weekend. Didn't quite happen. He's been dealing with this hamstring, and he's not going to be coming back until they are 100% sure that there's as little risk of re-injury as possible. So look for this to continue on a week-to-week basis. He's listed as week-to-week. It's not a day-to-day thing. He's still week-to-week, so there's really not a concrete timetable for his return, unfortunately. That's ridiculous. Is he hanging out with Leonard Fournette? Are they doing (laughs) hamstring stretching exercises? I'll get to to Fournette in just a second. Theo Riddick is out for the Lions, and your boy Fournette, he's going to be out at least through the bye week. Uh, Schefter tweeted out that the plan essentially right now is to have him sit out this week, have him sit out next week. They've got the week nine bye. So essentially their plan for him is to return week 10. But with the way this thing has gone, who knows? Hopefully that rest up until that point will have him ready to go. But the fact that he has not practiced at all in any capacity for two straight weeks, not exactly the best sign in the world. TJ yelled, unfortunately, for uh, anyone who's got him. He's going to be active this week. Uh, Carlos Hyde's coming in, but he's coming in sort of late in the week. And with Ryan Grant out, Carlos Hyde coming in late in the week, I think Yeldon's still a pretty strong play this week. Yep. And then Carrion Johnson is also active for the Lions this week. He was on the injury report coming out of the bye, but he was cleared, and he's going to be good to go. I like him this week, by the way. Moving over to the receivers, T.Y. Hilton is active, which is big news for Colts fans. They're playing the Bills. I know the Bills have some tough corners. But he's going to be back in the number one role. He was a full participant in practice uh, Wednesday and Friday. Looks to have no restrictions on him. He's going to be good to go. A little Texans news. Will Fuller and Kiki Kuti, despite both being limited throughout the week in practice, both of them are going to be active. Hey, Jerry, your boy Cam Meredith is active this week. (laughs) Tavon Austin is out. Quincy Inunua is out. And at the tight end position, Greg Olson, he was limited in practice all this week, but don't be worried about it. That's just going to be the procedure moving forward with him. They're going to try to keep him as healthy as possible. He's going to be active. Jack Doyle remains out, so Eric Ebron's going to be getting all those tight end touches. And then the big news, Rob Gronkowski is going to be out this week. He did not fly to the team or fly with the team to Chicago, and he's going to be out. It's not the ankle issues that's bothering him. It's a back issue, and that's pretty concerning Mm. with him because he's got a history of back issues. Injuries. He's had some spinal disc surgeries in the past. So whenever back pops up on that injury report with Rob Gronkowski, 
It's something to be concerned about. That's all I got for you guys right now. I'll be back in that second hour. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, that Gronkowski news is uh, it's kind of alarming. My bet was put in earlier during the week. So now that the line's moving against me, I'm kind of scared, but I still uh, probably lean with the Patriots. We'll talk about it a little bit later. At the time, they're getting 73% of the bets. They're one of the top five teams on this list. When we come back, we'll talk about this list, and we'll see which teams are getting pounded by the public. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Fresh like, uh, Impala, uh, chrome hydraulics, 808 drums, you don't want none, better run. When beef is on, I pop that drum. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5. ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com presented by Skywonder Pyrotechnics live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-ESPN. Give us a call if you want. You have any fantasy questions or even if you have something gambling wise, we'll try to get to it in this segment. We uh, In this first hour, we will have Fantasy ADHD Josh from Fantasy Insiders and Roto-Grinders. He will be on answering all your questions, so get ready for that. I would not want to miss out on that. No doubt about it. You can also hit us up with questions at Moneyline97.5. We'll try and get to those, as many as we can today. So whatever you want to get to. I did want to bring this up for, you know, we did our little Fantasy Cash and, and Trash. I wanted to bring up the gambling play from last week because we both really pushed the Steelers, and that came through for us. Not the prettiest way that we wanted it to, but I felt real confident about it, and so did everyone that we trust around this radio station. Everybody pounded that play from AJ to Fred, and I love the play. I, I I don't like where we were at the end, but even at the end with the with the time expiring, I, I still felt comfortable, and they ended up pulling it out at plus money if you took them on the money line. Yeah, so I, I was really happy about that. I was actually at a sports bar checking it out, and then when the Bengals came back, I was like, oh, man, because – I thought it was over, but then no problem. We'll just get it to Antonio Brown, and that's it. Game over. So we'll, we'll take that. So we had that one. I think Fred hit that one, like you said, as well last week. So I'm sure if you guys keep listening, Jerry's got some more for you this week. He'll make you some money. Looks like we got a caller. Let's go to the HRMP listener line. Sean, you're on money line. What's up? Hey, guys. Quick question. Kirk Cousins at New York or uh, James Winston at home? I like Winston on that personally. I have Winston around a ceiling of 34, but then his his floor is about 18 to me, 16 to 18 points. I really think he has a big game today. I think that Cleveland will score on them. Um, you know what Tampa's defense is, and Cleveland will have to rely. I think there's a couple big plays in store today for Baker, making Winston have to come out there and throw it. So on that one, I'll personally go Winston. Yep, uh, I'm, I'm going to go the other way. I, I like Cousins a little better this week. I I think him and Thielen got something going on. They got a Thielen, and I think that continues. So, sorry, Jerry and I aren't going to agree on everything. It's, it is what it is. The thing that scares me about that uh, play is that 
Cousins has traditionally he's struggled at uh, playing at New York or the MetLife, and then now he's going there. He's one and four against the spread playing there. He's uh, he's got a it's like a sixty four point three QBR while playing there. And not that that portrays to what's going to happen this week because I will have a play on Cousins in Minnesota, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on because I think that their defensive side of the ball, yes, we know that they haven't been what they we expected coming into the season, but I also don't expect Darnold to go out there and chop him up. No, and mine's more about the matchup with, you know, the Jets. They're giving up over 25 fantasy points a game to quarterbacks over the last month. So I think it's just a good matchup. But, you know, we'll find out, right? Yeah, and I'll say on this one, because I actually am a Kirk Cousins owner, uh, he's putting up the yards. The problem is, is the dude has six fumbles and three interceptions over his last four games. So even though he's putting up the yards and he's dropping a touchdown or two, he's getting a lot of points taken back because of all the turnovers that he's committing. So that's something that you have to take in consideration. Yeah, and I really like Winston this week. I'd be really happy starting either one of these guys, just to clarify. They're both top five plays for me. As far as Cousins, he also is ranked. Uh, it's it's what what Cam says is just exactly right. He's he's a fringe quarterback one. He's ranked twelfth in DVOA for quarterbacks with a five point three. But okay, so on a scale of five point three, where where does that land us? People like Jared Goff, their DVOA is a thirty five point eight, forty two point seven for Breeze. But then you have Cousins down here at five point three. So that gives you a measure of kind of where he's at. No doubt about it. Looks like we got another call here. Chris, what do you got for us? What up, guys? What's going on? I got a. Uh, I got Jared Goff and Philip Rivers. Jared Goff said uh, San Francisco. Philip Rivers is at home versus Tennessee. <laughs> well, this is going to be really easy for you if you haven't set your lineup yet. It's whoever's in there because Rivers is playing right now in the early game over in Great Britain. So it looks like you're going to be stuck kind of with whatever guy you had in your lineup there. Which I think is not a bad way uh-huh. either way. Um, Goff, I think what I would have started him regardless now. And looking at how the score's going now and it's 17-13 uh, Chargers, I figured it was going to be more of a little, somewhat of a blowout and they would lean on the run game. So it's not really gone that way, but you can't go wrong with golf. Although they're coming off three road games, they're going against that San Francisco defense that's been torched. They're, they're very beatable and look for golf to be getting those long plays because San Francisco allows a lot of plays over 20 yards. Yeah. Chris, which guy did you have in there? I'm just curious. Uh, I got up early this morning. I was looking at it and I switched. I've got a golf in. Right now, I think that's. I think you're going to end up being happy with that. So I think you'll be okay. You got to thank the fantasy gods for that one. <laughs> no doubt. Thanks for listening, Chris. Appreciate it. All right. So we haven't gotten to the Texans yet, have we? We probably want to do that. They won again, Jerry. So they're at three and three. They're playing for first place in the division this week against the Jags. I mean. I don't know. Do you feel like they could straight up win just talking straight football here? Do you think they've gotten any shot this week? This game has some of the most variance uh, as any game on this schedule for these reasons, right? It's a four-point spread. Everything tells you that both teams are going to struggle to move the ball somewhat because the defensive lines are going to create pressure. But the truth is that I don't know if either of these teams should be favored by four. This is – I hear everybody talking about that this is where you pound Jacksonville, but everything has to play in the game script to allow Bortles to be what you want him to be efficient. And I guess what he was last year, but 
You see what happens this year whenever they get behind, they cannot come back. When Dallas opens it up, what happens? He's throwing picks. When Kansas City opens it up, what happens? He throws picks. It comes to a point to where that's who he is. The game script has to go his way. It has to be it has to play out perfect for him. It has to line up like a puzzle. As soon as things get a little miscued, what happens? He turns into Bortles. He does, and, you know, they've had quite a few injuries on their offensive line. So, you know, they're down a few guys and have some guys playing that are banged up. So that'll be interesting. What do we think about Hopkins this week for fantasies? You know, he's got a really tough matchup against Ramsey. Do you, you know, and he's had some success against Ramsey in his career. You think he comes through today? Yeah, he overcame it last year. Last year, whenever he was in this uh, position, he went for seven catches, 55, and a touchdown, and then four for 80 and a touchdown. So I don't think he could be he, – he can get – Shut down, for example, because you saw Tredavious White shadow him last week, and he still had five six for 63 and one. So I see him still doing his thing, and there's no way you can go away from him. For, okay. for me, I honestly feel like this might be the perfect matchup for the Texans. Look, um, Jacksonville, they've always, they want to run the ball. They want to keep the, the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands as, as much as possible. The good thing about the Texans' defense this year is they're actually relatively good against the run, terrible against the pass. So for me... You, you, you stop the run, you let Blake Bortles have the hand in his ball, you make those turnovers because even though your pass defense is terrible, it's Blake Bortles. You, you can give up wondering what is he going to do. And so for me, the strength of the Texans defense is what Jacksonville wants to do, and you have that ability to stop the run. Let Blake Bortles make those errors. And on the other side of the ball, whenever you think of Jacksonville, you know that they're going to create pressure on that bad offensive line, right? But that's who Watson leans on is Hopkins 24 targets under pressure when Watson's under pressure that's who he leans on and and look for more of that because they will be bringing pressure we know that and they can bring pressure without blitzing they could do it with just the front guys the the one thing I do like Calais Campbell a little dinged up with an ankle I think he's gonna go but I don't think he's gonna be at 100% and, and thank God because it is the Texans offensive line and I believe Mance is going to be starting this week. So the Texans dealing with, with some more injuries on their line as well. Look for Watson to run some, too. Watson's 203 yards is second most at his position. Well, Jacksonville, they allow AFC high 166 rush yards this year. So maybe it's a fact that the blitz comes. Sometimes the quarterbacks could get in that pocket or, or, or maneuver through that blitz. And then all of a sudden you have those that, that man coverage going downfield. You have defenders with their backs turned towards the line of scrimmage and you get free run. Yeah, and let's not forget, this elite Jacksonville defense has given up 40 and 30 the last two weeks, an average of 35 points. So even though the Texans are only scoring 22, we saw what we saw the, the, the ability of Deshaun Watson last year putting up 55 against Tennessee. Granted, Tennessee's defense is nowhere near Jacksonville, but if Jacksonville's supposedly number one defense is giving up 35 points the last two weeks, then, you know. And then how are they going to open up a four-point I mean, it's going to have to be through turnovers and short fields because who's their number one target or receiver? Moncrief, you could say, but he's been highly, highly efficient. He does lead the team in air yards, 531, but he's got a 45% catch rate. So he's only catching half of his balls and two of his six games this year. He's gone under 35 yards. How can you trust that? You can't. They seem to have a different, whether it's Westbrook or whoever, it seems to be a different guy every week. So that's you can't count on that. There's, I mean, Yeldon's really the only offensive player I feel good about for Jacksonville this week. Now, in a daily, I kind of like Bortles just because just he's cheap and, you know, and he rushes. He runs the ball a little bit so he can get you some points that way. On the other side of the ball, 
I just don't think you can use Lamar Miller or Alfred Blue. Where are you with those two guys? Not in this game. You can't do that. They hold enemy backs to uh, 3.65 yards per carry. I'm not going to be looking to do anything that uh, anything with that backfield. It just It's a strong pass for me. And you know they're going to be looking to protect Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's banged up, and they don't. You know, they they would love to be able to run the ball a little bit. I just I don't know if they're going to have any success. So sorry, guys. Once again. We, we just need Dante Foreman to come back, don't we? And it's funny you used the word success rate, right? Because Lamar Miller, he's really, really un, unefficient. He's under four and a half yards per carry for the third straight game. That falls him to 35th out of 37 qualified backs in success rate. Hmm. That's interesting. He doesn't win. He just doesn't win in, in the small moments and in, in his runs. He doesn't win. He doesn't uh, turn into positive gains when he needs to. And it's getting to a point where the Texans need another option. They need somebody back there. I, I think Foreman's got to be that dude. I'm, I'm hearing he might be back soon. At least maybe Foreman, right? You know how they've been running out of shotgun on like the one yard line and everybody's criticizing the play calling. I think Foreman's a dude that could go in there and get you a yard when you need to get a touchdown. And, and to that point, look, Lamar Miller was was wonderful in Miami because they used him for what he was good at outside and and, and catching yep. and he comes to the Texans and Bill O'Brien wants to run him up the the middle and that's just not what Lamar Miller is. Lamar Miller is the guy that's going to go outside of the tackle and he's going to catch the passes and that's just not what they're using him for. So for me it's not even really Lamar Miller, it's just more just he's just not fitting in with this this play calling and it's a bad offensive line. It, it's it's a bad deal. So avoid that until maybe Foreman comes back. Foreman might be a guy where you could jump out on your waiver wire, you know, if you have an extra bench, yeah. bench spot, you know, just stash him cuz he might really come through for you when the playoffs come and that that also brings us one final little thought here. This is the time of year where if you've got a really good record in fantasy football and you're kind of cruising, go ahead and start looking at the playoff schedule. You know, your players, who who they're playing in those playoff weeks, and also maybe try and put some trades together. This is that time of year where you have a, a feeling for what your record is and how good your team is, and you can start to look down, look at the schedule a little bit, and try and put yourself in the best possible position when the playoffs come around. Yeah, and you speak of trades, and I wanted to touch on the TJ Yeldon. Look, if you're a TJ Yeldon starter like I am this week, don't be too worried about Carlos Hyde. He hasn't even suited up in practice with the team. But going forward, I would be very concerned with TJ Yeldon because obviously – Fournette's injury is going to keep him out a period of time, but he's going to come back and be the starter. They traded for Carlos Hyde, which means he's going to be the number one backup. So TJ Yeldon, obviously his spot with Jacksonville is going to fade out. So if you if you have him this week, play him. But going forward, I would try and look to trade him. Yeah, he'll probably move in that third down pass catching role when those when those two guys are healthy and playing. And yeah, you probably won't be able to use Yeldon anymore. But I like him this week, like Cam said. So so give him a shot. This might be one of the last weeks you can really get something out of him. And one guy that I will be looking at is uh, Kiki, right? QT, yeah. because the Jaguars have allowed a league low thirteen completions to twenty plus yards. That's where Fuller shines, right? So. With a bad offensive line and a hobbled fly route guy, the guy that gets the deep ball, look for everything to go intermediate, and Kiki's going to burn off. That's the same slot defense that allowed Cole Beasley to go for 9-101 and for two TDs. Quincy Nunoa, 4 for 66. Sterling Shepard, 5 for 68. Even Hogan. Hogan hasn't done anything. Two touchdowns. Yeah. No, that's definitely a good one there. Bouye could, you know, be on Kiki QT this week like he was on Beasley last week, and we might see a similar performance. Uh, yeah, for sure. Now, what do you think as far as the uh, the line itself on the over-under? You see some points getting scored, Josh? 
Ooh. No. I mean, I I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. That's just my my thoughts on it, especially with those two defenses. It it looks like the number right now, it looks like it opened at 43 and now the number's at 41 and a half. Um I think it goes under. Uh, that's just my gut feeling. I don't. I don't like either one of these two offenses. But you know, if we get a defensive touchdown, then all bets are off. What do you think, Jerry? I'm staying away. I think the number is about right and where it started around that 43 range. Now, when you get to 41, it's tough to keep one of these games down from 41 points. And I mean, but again, how do you get there? I see a lot of sacks on both sides of the of the uh, of the ball here. Now, a couple of turnovers and. And you're sweating that 41. That's what hurts about these low numbers. A turnover inside your own 20, you just gave up a big chunk of what you know, you've know you been avoiding. You can have a, a dead quarter and then a in, in couple turnovers later and you're behind on that over-under. Yeah, we, and I, yeah. Go ahead, I, I, I think you got to be careful with the points Jacksonville has been giving up. I think a lot of people might look at it as like, oh, Jacksonville's defense giving up 35 points a game. Houston's offense is, is starting to pick things up. You know, they're going to hit the over. Uh, we all know how inconsistent the the Texans' offense is, so I would I would make sure to to not just totally rely on uh, points per game that both these teams have been scoring and giving up the last two weeks. Yeah, I'm with Jerry. I, I would stay away from this one, but you know, gun to my head, I I think it might go under. But I mean, that's not typical this year. Almost all these NFL games, so many of them are going over. There's, and the, you but know? the wind, look, check it out. So this this week, the wind is supposed to play a big factor in a lot of games. This game is projected to have wind of 10 miles an hour or higher, right? In that spot, Bortles is completely inefficient. He's 82 of 162, 50.6% passing. Five touchdowns, nine interceptions at 213 passing yards a game. So whenever, yeah, yeah. He, he's he's 50% passer under this. And I think that, that wind, it's, it's going to – that's what – Plays for the under because it's going to have a lot of running, a lot of sacks, getting people in in third and longs, a lot of punts. If you if there's a pump prop out there, go ahead and look for that because <laughs> I think that the, there's a good chance that they hit that. I think what we're saying this might be a very ugly game, right? Just something where maybe you you know you put your fantasy guys in that you usually put in, and you know you, you make your gambling picks, but maybe you don't watch it because it, it might make you a little sick watching this one. And like I said, there's a lot of games this week with a uh, wind issues and i remember fantasy adhd he told us josh he said yeah that's one of the only weather things that he worries about is wind not so much snow not so much rain or anything like that it's the wind factor and that's when it starts changing so this next segment go ahead and get your uh stardom cinema questions ready josh will be on 713-780 espn i'm really really curious of which games he's going to avoid in this week and Make sure you get that information before you set your lineups. No doubt, guys. Get your questions in. We know you guys need to win. We're getting to that part of the season where it's make or break time. Josh will help you set your lineup. Get the calls in, 713-780-ESPN. Or you can hit us up at Moneyline97.5, and we'll try and relay those questions to Josh. We're up against a break. We will be right back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Shaking for the man of the year. Oh, met man of the year. Met man of the bounce. Where I see girls everywhere. Hands, hands, hands in the air. So party over here. Shaking for the man of the year. Oh, met man of the year. Met man of the bounce. Where I see girls everywhere. Hands, hands, hands in the air. So party over here. Shaking 
speaking for the man of the yeah. Met man of the yeah. Met man of the bad. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-ESPN. You know what that song means. The man of the year, the man of the hour, none other than our guy, Josh ADHD. <laughs> What's going on, Josh? Doing. How you doing today? Everything going good? You feeling good about this week's slate of games? Yeah, man. Things are good. It's sunny. Today, at least here it is in Austin where I'm visiting for a weekend. I feel really good about the games today. I'm excited. Me too. It's beautiful here in Houston as well. Got a little bit of little cool breeze in the air. It's actually starting to feel like fall, which is really nice. So let's get into it. What do you got for us this week, Josh? Just first thing off the top of your head, what are your takeaways from this week's uh, slate of games? Well, there were quite a few games that I was really excited about, and I tempted expectations on them because of the wind in the forecast. And that's primarily going to be Philadelphia and, and Carolina. I really, really, really wanted to play Eagles everywhere in my lineup this week, and the wind had me coming off that a bit. It's, it's going to be super strong wind there in Philadelphia, so I'm, I have some concerns. And same thing with Minnesota. If you wanted to jam all of your Minnesota passing game options in, I think we need to temper them just a little bit. You know, they're looking at sustained winds over 20 miles an hour, and that's, it's just really tough to throw in those conditions. You know, the shorter passes should be okay, but anything deeper, I think it's going to be a lot more up in the air. Than, than normally is. All right, that makes some sense because we might want to back off of Kirk Cousins a little bit. We had a caller a little earlier, Josh, asking Jameis or, or Kirk Cousins this week, and I like Cousins because of the matchup, but I wasn't aware it was that windy in, in New York this week, so that's something to consider for sure. And talking about quarterbacks, using your guy, you guys at Roto-Grinders projected ownership, I highly advise you use that. I see that on projected ownership, there's five quarterbacks that are over 10%. That's Newton, Cousins, uh, Beathard, Goff, and Winston. But short, right under that, you have Baker Mayfield against Tampa Bay. Tell me why I should or shouldn't be on Baker this year, uh, this week in Daily Fantasy. I, you know, for me, Baker's a play. I really like him this week. He has, himself has played really well. And despite the production not being there for him, I think he's been let down a little bit by his receivers. But the uh, the offense has been, for the most part, okay, other than receivers dropping passes. So drops, in my opinion, are noise. They're negligible and something that typically doesn't show up week to week. So for this week, I mean, they're playing Tampa Bay, and we, we've known Tampa Bay this entire season as this total dumpster fire of a passing defense. So I don't see why that would change going forward just because Cleveland's coming to town. So I really like Baker Mayfield this week. I think he's going to see some soft defense finally for change. And I'm hoping Jarvis Landry hits some pay dirt this week. Me too. I, I put Jarvis in my column this week. I just think eventually he's got to go off. I think Najoku is another guy a lot of people are on this week. What do you think about him? I like Najoku quite a bit. I mean, he's going to be a he's been a target monster in the offense for the past three weeks. Ever since Baker assumed that starting role, I don't see that changing. I mean, they're they're looking for him early. They're looking for him often, and it seems like he's this integral part of the passing offense that's not going to go away. 713-780-ESPN. Get your calls in for Josh. He will try and help you set your lineup, your daily, whatever you need. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this Texans-Jaguars game. And, you know, 
I'm not really loving a lot of it for fantasy or for daily. Is is there anybody that, that you feel good about using this week? I plugged Bortles in one of my lineups just because he's cheap. But is there anybody you like in this matchup? Yeah, actually, I like uh, two players quite a bit, and that's Kiki QT and DeAndre Hopkins. I like both of those guys because they're going to see passing volume. We know that Houston prefers to throw the ball. Uh, the winds there are going to be slightly up above normal, but it's not anything I'm, I'm especially scared of, especially with QT, who's, you know, he kind of works the intermediate, the short stuff. You know, I think both of those guys are in line for double-digit targets today, and I don't see any issue using them in your lineup. So I'm going to be running QT in my cash lineup most likely. That, that's interesting. You know, we were talking about him a little earlier and, and how Beasley really took advantage of A.J. Boye last week, and maybe we could see something similar with QT this week. Is that kind of in your, your thoughts there, that may be the case? It is, and I think QT is a much better player than Beasley. The one thing I will say, though, is Jacksonville has probably uh, patched up the hole in the defense that Dallas exploited last week. So it may not be as easy for QT as it was for Beasley last week, but again, I think QT is a better player, and I think that the offense will push the ball to QT, even though he may not be as wide open as Beasley was last week. And speaking of QT, we get a, we have a question from Twitter from Dan Davis. Who should I start in a PPR, QT or Taylor Gabriel? I would probably start, gosh, between the two of those, it's really tight. I, I would probably just flip a coin. I think QT will see more volume. Um, but I think Gabriel gets schemed a little bit more open than QT might be. So I, honestly, I don't think you can go wrong with that decision. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN guys. Hey, we got the man on the line. His Sunday mornings are very busy. You better get in here and ask him some questions. We have Jeff on the line. What's going on? Your money line. What's up, Jeff? Oh uh, yes, sir. Uh, my question is: uh, Who do I start in the flex? T. Y. Hilton. Edo Smith or Frank Gore? I would go with uh, T.Y. Hilton. You know, he's back. He's practiced all week. They talked to the practice reports, talk about how good he's looked, how healthy he's looked. And we know when he's in in the game, Andrew Luck's going to be looking for him, you know, 12 times. So I think he's a lock. There you go. Thanks, I actually, actually want to ask you something else, Josh. Okay, so in this New England-Chicago uh, game, we see that Sonny Michelle has, I guess – done what we've been waiting for. He's getting in the end zone these last few weeks, and I guess you want to say that he's trying to take over the backfield, but that's not the case in a New England uh, team that always does running back by committee. As far as D- DFS, I see James White is 6,900 and Michelle's 5,500. That's a big difference for the guy, Michelle, who actually gets the touchdowns, but White gets the passes. What do you see the game plan being this week for the Patriots, knowing that they're going to have to beat that uh, that defensive front of Chicago? Yeah, I saw that Khalil Mack's going to go today, so that kind of changes my expectations a little bit. I think both of those guys will see plenty of volume today, but I don't know if either will see enough volume to justify playing them in like a cash lineup in tournament. I think they're fine in a tournament lineup. I think you could run either one. You could potentially run both of them in a tournament lineup as a running back stack, although that's typically minus EV. Um, So I don't really have a good feel for what they're going to do today. I do think they're going to do their typical thing of, um, you know, it's it's kind of a shell game. You know, they're going to have you looking over here, but they're going to be doing something else over here. So, uh, so far as what I would do, I would probably just shy away from the running backs altogether, but I don't have an issue running them in tournaments. I love it. Let's go back to the HRMP listener line. Dell, you're on money line. Yes. uh, Who do you like, uh, Deshaun Watson or Andy Dalton? 
I would probably go with uh, Andy Dalton. I think he's yeah. got the best matchup by far. No doubt about it. I like Dalton a lot this week. I, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game with them and the Chiefs. All right, let's fly through this. DJ, you're on Moneyline. What's up? I have a PPR flex question. Should I go Matt Breida, Jordan Howard, or Willie Sneed? I would use Willie Sneed today. He's, his target volume has really come up over the past couple weeks. And if you want to play the narrative game, I mean, he's playing the, his, his old team that cut him this offseason. So, you know, I, I have a feeling Willie Sneed's going to, be, going to be looking to put it on the Saints today. His volume's good. I, I think he's a good flex play. Nice. I have one for you real quick. What do you think is going to happen with the Rams with Cooper Cup out? You know, they're going up against Richard Sherman and the 49ers. Do you think Woods is going to be matched up a lot on Sherman or, or Cooks? or How do you think that's going to play out? You know, if, and this is going to depend on if Sherman plays or not. You know, I've read where he's still kind of questionable. If, if Sherman goes, I think they're going to sacrifice Josh Reynolds to him the majority of the time. Um, I don't think the offense itself, schematically or what their game plan is, I don't think they miss a beat if they miss Cooper Cup. I think they just rotate the receivers a little bit differently and they continue doing their thing. If Sherman doesn't go for some reason, I think you could justifiably put two of these receivers from the Rams in a tournament lineup and run them, even if you wanted to stack them with Gurley. And if you wanted to run it back with somebody like Beathard. So, I, you know, I think this game has a lot of high-scoring potential. And, uh, you know, whether Sherman plays or not, I don't know if it really – really changes what I do with the Rams receivers. Interesting. Let's go back to the HRMP listener line. Michael, you're on Monday line. Yeah, Flacco or Mayfield? Oh, man, this is a good one. Um, I would probably go with Mayfield. And the only reason I say that is because of Tampa Bay's defense. But, you know, you can make a case for Flacco playing today, especially going against New Orleans. A lot of people think this game will have to be high scored in order for it to go off. Um, But I would probably – Probably fall back to Mayfield between those two. This week, Josh, I have a question for you. You know, whenever people said uh, multiple lineups, they say, this is a guy that I got in X percent of my lineups. Who is that guy that's in most of your lineups this week? The guy that's in most of my lineups this week that, that's going to be my high, my kind of high exposure player is going to be Kiki QT. Interesting. I okay. love to hear yeah, that. I know that Texans fans ought to be pretty excited about that one for sure. I, I did have one for you also. This is a, a maybe a flex or you know something in DFS. Is Shady McCoy kind of intrigues me a little this week? I, I know that might come back to bite me, but at fifty six hundred, that's somewhat affordable, and he's playing the Colts. What do you think about his chances this week? I think you know he was the guy I kind of penciled in really early in the week if I wanted to pay down at running back. Uh, and that was before, you know, Cohen kind of rose up. And then we had, you know, Latavius Murray kind of rise up with Dalvin Cook being out. I, um, I don't have too much issue playing him. I think, um, I think it's a tournament lineup only kind of thing because we don't know what Derek Anderson is going to be. For everything I've read, he's been on a golf course for the past year. <laughs> is that good? <laughs> so, and he wasn't terribly good before he went on the golf course. So, I mean, take from that what you will. Will will he make that offense more viable? I think it's possible. I don't think it's guaranteed. So I think Shady is a tournament play only, but I could certainly see the justification. All right, let's get this last caller. We've got to let Josh go. So, Dan, you're on Moneyline. Hey, guys, how's it going? Good. What's up? Uh, I've got a question. Uh, who would you start, either uh, McCoy or uh, uh, the famous Murray? I'd start Latavius Murray between those two. I think the game script's going to be a lot more in his favor. 
Uh, we saw last week what happened when he got the volume. I mean, he smashed. And I don't, I don't think he's going to get 170 total yards this week, but I think he has a really good chance of popping over 100. So I would certainly take him over Shady. Nice. Uh, real quickly, Josh, uh, give me a defensive play you like this week. You know, to be honest, I like um, I like Philadelphia this week as a defensive play. I think they're 2,600 on DraftKings. And, and for all of my lineups, I'm between them and the Jets at 2,100. I don't believe in paying up at defense all that often. And this week is, is certainly that case. I'm just looking to pay down and find a home team that's playing against a passing offense that can be had, especially if the winds are up in this case where it's going to disrupt the passing game a little bit. So those are the two guys I'm looking at. Josh, I can't thank you enough for all the game that you've put in on me and uh, all the all the tools that you create, man. I've gone to Roto-Grinders. I've gone and checked them out, man. I use those pressure rates that you plug in every week. I, I literally use all that for all my writings and everything. So anybody listening, y'all go ahead and get over there. Josh, tell them, uh, tell them where they can find all that stuff at. Yeah, so you can find all of my tools over at FantasyInsiders.com. And the uh, premium usage app that, that we created that has all the QB pressure rates, the receiver alignment, and all the statistics that are behind that, you can find that also at Roto-Grinders in the premium section. And I'm telling you guys, it's like in-depth. If you want to see where the where receivers line up, if you want to see quarterback hits, rate, pressure, I mean, everything, everything, it's there it, in one place. So, Josh, I thank you for putting your time into that every week and also for coming on and blessing the game. Yeah, man, happy to do it. Let's go make some money today, fellas. Let's do it, Josh. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Guys, we're up against it. We want to thank Josh for joining us. We're going to get back to the games on the other side of the break. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5. 